Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, joined by Chantel Cameron. Huge occasion for you uh, this Sunday night. Uh, yeah, you must be buzzing with this. Yeah, I can't wait. It feels like a long time coming, and now I'm getting my shot, and it's three days away. We know uh, women's boxing is absolutely thriving at the moment, so uh, I'm sure you're happy to kind of get on the scene because uh, it's, been, it's been a while, hasn't it? So, so since you had like this opportunity, etc., live on Sky, so uh, you must be. Um, Grateful for the opportunity, first of all, but looking to, to really display what you've been working on with Jamie, etc., and uh, hopefully build to some bigger fights as well. Definitely, yeah. I've got to get through, got to get through Sunday, get through Andriana. I think it's going to be a tough fight for me, but it's what I've been asking for. I've been screaming and shouting, saying I want tough fights, I want big names. I've got to get through people like Andriana to get to move on in my career, and um, I'm, like I'm fully focused on Andriana, and it's going to be a tough task ahead of me, but. I just I don't see her beating me. You said it yourself, uh, you have been screaming and shouting a lot and uh, I'm sure it's been a frustrating period. Um, how was that kind of bit of you know calling for these big fights, etc., not landing anything? I'm sure there were, were doubts as well, when's it going to come around, especially with the whole lockdown situation. How was that period? Frustrating. Like, I, was, <laughs> I, was so, I feel like as well on Sunday I'm going to let some frustration out because it has been a frustrating 11 months, but now I've finally got my shot. And uh, I was having to stay patient, stay training, stay just working on things that I needed to improve on anyway. So I took the lockdown in, in my grass really and just thought I'm going to focus on what I'm weak at and, and uh, just progress, yeah. Feeling that fight week pressure? Um, I'm nervous, yeah, I am nervous. I feel like I, I get nervous for fights, but this one a little bit more because I think it's first time in match room on Sky, world title. It feels like I'm. Um, in there, straight, straight in the defence, so it's a little nerve-wracking, but I've got to do my job and that's the fight and that's the win, so it's got to keep thinking that and I did all the hard work I just need to bring out on fight night. When you started off your career, did you dream of becoming world champion and envision it? I never thought I'd be world champion. I never thought I'd be boxing for a world title. No, i ne never seen it. I just thought, uh, just have a, have a go and see see how, how well I get and how far I get, so to be boxing for the WBC world title, it's, it's dream come true, ain't it? Is it important not to let the occasion, though, get to you, etc.? The fact is, live on Sky, it's a world title fight, and just see it as another fight. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if I start thinking about um, boxing on Sky, um, it's a new platform, tough platform, it will, will get to my head. So I've got to look at it as it's another fight, it's the, the ring fight, look across me and her, and it's just me and her in that ring, and that, that's that. I'm not going to focus on uh, anything else. I know you won't, and uh, <laughs> obviously boxing is a crazy sport where you're fighting for a world championship this weekend, but people will ask you about a certain someone else in, in Katie Taylor. Do you believe that fight will ever happen? Because I spoke to Jamie and he, he, he thinks not. I don't think it will happen, though. No. I feel like uh, i just got to keep, gotta keep uh, performing, keep winning, and make more and more people want that fight and uh, stick, stay on their toes, but I don't think the fight will happen, though. No. 
Well, listen, you got to concentrate on Sunday night. Um, if that's your gut feeling that it won't happen, that's what it is. But we'll see how the, the future plays out. We never know in this sport. But listen, best of luck uh, this Sunday night. Is there anything you'd like to say to your fans and anyone tuning in on a Sunday? Just thank you, everyone, for their support. And I hope I do everyone proud. All right, nice one, Chantel. Thank you. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Um, okay, I do want to ask your opinion about something. I don't know how much you can uh, contribute well, to this. I'll try my best. Floyd Mayweather. We're talking about him fighting YouTuber uh, Logan Paul. Have you heard anything about this? It's making a mockery of boxing, isn't it? Come on, Floyd. Are you skin to someone? <laughs> He's got all the money in the world. A man of his caliber messing with a YouTuber. I could backhand Logan Paul. They're not even fighters, are they? They're YouTubers. He wouldn't fight Tommy. So what the hell's he going in with Mayweather for? The pound for pound best in the world. Come on, Floyd. Get your act together, mate. Stop ridiculing the sport with these idiots for a few quid. You've got enough money. You know these billionaires? You know what the biggest problem is? How to make another million on top of the hundreds of millions I've already got. And it worries them. They lose sleep over it. <laughs> well, it's been labelled as an exhibition, which is, I suppose... Yeah. You know, but... I mean, from a from a marketing point of view, their social media following and all that, yeah. it kind of makes sense for that. But as a spectacle, we're talking about Floyd Mayweather... I'm a hardcore boxing nut. So you can't put crap in front of me and expect me to enjoy it. What are you going to eat? Beans on toast or steak? Which one are you going to enjoy the best? The steak, innit? So I don't know what they're doing. They're just, I don't know. They're just trying to get viewing figures and earn money, aren't they? But I'm an hardcore boxing man, Nick. Do you know what I enjoyed the other night? Cool. And I've never seen him for a long, long time. Tony Simpson. All right. I was watching him on the on the uh, YouTube because I'm a massive fan of Tony. Great fighter, old school, war horse. Been in with them all. I enjoyed it because back then boxing was boxing and there was real men. You couldn't get these YouTubers in on the job like they're doing now. You'd be laughed out of the ballpark. You know, looking at Marvin Agler, Tony Simpson, Alan Minter, Antifermo, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Haynes, and you're getting YouTubers boxing greats like uh, Floyd Mayweather. Give you a wobble, Floyd. Don't disgrace yourself with rubbish like that. It was bad enough with the, with the other one, wasn't it? Call it Conor McGregor. Biggest joke I've ever seen in my life. One's an MMA floor grappler, and the other one's the best in the world, the best technician I've ever seen. And he's lowering his calibre to do that with them. No chance, I wouldn't do it. We're not for a trillion dollars. But it's show business, only in America. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it is. Um, About well, the money again, isn't it? Greed and gluttony. It's in the Bible. Don't let it grab you. Like it ain't grabbed me. No, you, we won't talk about it, but you're telling me about the stuff that you're turning down recently. It ain't all about. No. Just doing doing things for the no. sake of money, if you don't no. want to do them. If you don't want to do them, you don't want to do them. Mm. I've had offers from different people to do stuff, and I know it's not for me. You know, no matter what amount of money they offer me, 
it can't be done because I don't want to do it. If I don't want to do it, they could offer me a million dollars. No, not interested. You know, because what good is luxury at this stage of the game now to me? I've got my luxury and my children. They're my luxury. You see me with my 30 year old Mercedes car, my flip phone. But I'll tell you what, how many people's got sons like I have? I'll tell you, none. None. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Obviously training with Jamie Moore now, who, you know, I remember back in the day, maybe had a style with some similarities to, to, to your own. Have you been sparring men or women significantly ahead of this one? Yeah, I've been sparring, sparring um, heavier women as well, just so because obviously I want to make sure that I'm strong in them and I can, like, I'm not going to be bullied. If anyone's going to be bullying anyone, it'll be me bullying her. So I sparred heavier girls to make sure that I've got that, um, got the preparation for that. And um, yeah, Australia's been great, it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about the importance of Josh Taylor and the likes of Carl Frampton and those you've been associating with. Any specific tips for, for a big night like this? Maybe just in keeping the nerves under control, uh, just psychologically how to be best prepared. Have they offered any particular insights? Um, yeah, just saying, just do me, do what I do best and don't overthink it. If I overthink it, then and it's not going to be any good for me. If, if I go in there and be who I am, how, how I fight and how I train in the gym, then it'll be my night. I've not got to let the pressure get to me and just do me. Okay. Just finally then for me, uh, you obviously always get asked about Katie Taylor. Will it be nice to have, once you have this belt, Katie Taylor asked about you just as much as you were asked about her? Um, I'm going to focus on Sunday and at the moment I'm just going to focus on my opponent, but... Obviously, the fight with Katie, I want to happen. People want to see it. But at the moment, I'm just fully, fully focused on, on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. So, if we turn over to we've got Chris McKenna from the Daily Star in. Hi. Just got a couple of WhatsApps. Hi, Chantel. How's it going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good. Just on kind of women's boxing and the growth of it, when you were coming through at GB, you surely would, would you even think that pro world titles would be possible or even worthwhile going for financially and stuff? Um, no, because at the time when I was on the GB set, there was not really nothing, nothing going on for women's boxing. It was only when Katie Taylor and Clarissa Shields turned over and their first couple of fights were on TV that um, a lot of noise was made about women's boxing. So when I actually left the amateurs, I had no plan to turn professional. Oh really? What was your kind of plan at that time? I was going to go to Australia to work. So really? I was going to go, I was going to go travel. For you. I spent eight years on TV. It was a, it was a, it was a long, long time. So I was going to go travel and see the world for a bit. But what, what kind of, um, what prompted you to do that? Why did you not think you were going to get a shot at the Olympics? Or I didn't, I, I didn't qualify for the Olympics. Obviously, I knew uh, that had kind of like gone out the window. And I just thought boxing was done done for me because the amateurs didn't suit me, and because there's no 
nothing going on for a women's professional. In the professional game, I just thought, that's it. I, thought it was good. I, had a, I had a little thing about going into MMA. So, oh, really? Yeah. I think I was quite good at that. <laughs> did, you have, did you have Australia booked and everything? Or what kind of changed your mind to GoPro? I was to some guy who was getting me work over there and getting me my accommodation and stuff sorted. But um, I just messaged him and said, uh, I'm going to have a go at the professional boxing. And he, he was like, fair play to you. It'll be a way to the talent. So he's very understanding. Who, who kind of tempted you to turn pro? What was the kind of thinking behind that? Um, it was mainly my my mum and my dad because they didn't want me to waste all the years of training. And I think that I had a lot more to give still. And it was my amateur boxing coach who, uh, who was like, don't feel, it, was, it was a bit sad that I was going to walk away from the sport. Yeah. And he uh, was like, have a go at pros. He, he thought the pro would suit me a lot more. What, what are they thinking now as you sit on the verge of a world title shot? Uh, just proud of me because I persevered and I could have given up a few times and walked away. It's not been an easy journey and uh, they're proud of me. I think whatever happens, they're, just, they're proud of what the, the attitude I've shown to the sport. Obviously, you're training with Jamie Moore in, in that gym and there's quite a, a lot of talent in that. How much do you kind of bounce off all those kind of guys and, and learn from them? Massively. It's a fun it's a fun gym to be in. Um, you've got so much talent there. You've got Akib, you've got Cal Frampton, Stephen Moore, Jack. So just sometimes it's about mental training as well. And I'd have an easy session where I'd just watch them spar and do pads and stuff. And I just, I, I, I take little bits of everyone and put it into my own style. Obviously, what will it mean to you now to, if you win on Sunday to bring that world title back to, to Northampton and, and down there? And... It'd mean the world to me. It's, uh, I feel like it's been a long time coming and I've waited, waited long enough and I've put the hard work in. So now I've just got, a, just got to perform on fight night. Big dream country. The beginning, the beginning of the, the, big, the big dream, being undisputed. It, it, that's the next, that's kind of the dream is to be undisputed at the weight. First dreams to just become WBC World Champion, obviously that's, that's an achievement in itself, but yeah, I want to be undisputed. Brilliant, Chantel. Thanks very much for that. Cool. We'll be going to Ryan from Boxing Social. Hiya, Chantel. How are you doing? Hello, Ryan. <laughs> long time. It's been a long time. Let's get straight to it. I've only got a couple of questions for okay. you, Chantel. Uh, it's been a long time coming, this world title shot, and with all these brilliant all-female fights we've seen of late, does this feel like the perfect time to announce yourself on the world stage with everything we've seen recently? Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, it's perfect timing. Um, I'm really excited. The women have been flying the flag for women's boxing, and now I can't wait to put on a performance as well. Chantel, in your career, we've seen you at Super Feather. We've seen you sort of compete for some titles at Lightweight as well. Your world title shot does finally arrive at Super Lightweight. How do you feel at that weight? I feel strong, yeah. I feel, uh, feel strong and make the weight comfortably. So, yeah, it's, it's a good way for me. And with yourself, you said there that the immediate dream is obviously to win this WBC world title, but you said you do have ambitions to become an undisputed champion. Are you still flexible with the weight? Are you happy to go back down if other opportunities? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still flexible. Uh, lightweight, super lightweight. I'd even go up a weight, but not make it super featherweight again. Too, too much toll on my body. And in terms of Adriana, obviously she had a fantastic amateur career, Olympic bronze medalist. How much have you managed to see of her as a professional, though? Um, so, yeah, I've watched a few clips, but mainly James and I have been watching her. Um, tough girl. So, it'll be, it'll be a good fight. 
Right, Chantal, I'm going to pass it. I'll catch you soon. Oh, I can do that. Sorry, what's that? Oh, that's the end of one, I'm going to pass you on to everyone else, Chantal, but thank you for your time. Thank you. See you, Ryan. Hi, Chantel. Um, you've said you're a big visualizer of things coming up to fight night. What is it exactly you visualize coming into this fight? Um, visualize being too strong for her, and my work rate is. I visualize that she's not going to cope with my work rate, and visualize myself winning the belt. I've just noticed that tattoo on your arm. Talk to you about that tattoo. In a world where um, we're seeing a lot of boxers cross over with the UFC or other fighters, would a crossover for you uh, with a UFC fighter be of any interest? I'd never say never. I would see my friends are in the MMA and I'm close to them, but at the moment, just uh, sticking to boxing. But who knows what happens in the future, you don't know. And also where women have been really flying the flag, actually, for boxing, putting on great fights recently. How proud are you of the spotlight and the elevation of the spotlight for the women recently? Oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's just going great. Yeah, and the younger generation, like, they're going to going to have an easier path, so it's brilliant. It's going to be exciting times. And finally, Chantel, uh, Chantel sorry. Sorry, what's that? We just lost you there on the internet, mate. If you just want to repeat that. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Sorry, a uh, final question. Can I get your prediction for Fight Night, please? Prediction? Uh, just a win for me. All the best. Thank you. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We've all uh, come back with negative tests. Fight week is on. I'm joined by trainer Javier Miller. How are we doing, sir? Good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Been a while. I remember the last time probably was at the IQ gym, was it? I, I spoke to you in terms of on camera. I think so. Yeah. It's been at least a good couple of years, two or three years, definitely. Of course, uh, John Arden Jr. is out in action um, in, a, in a brilliant fight. Obviously, we're getting more of these fights because of the lockdown situation, these domestic 50-50s have to be made. Just talk to me about the fight itself with Linus. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely brilliant fight, definitely a genuine 50-50. Um, I've known Linus for a long time. Um, some of my fighters have signed with Steve Goodwin, so I'm regularly on, on, on Goodwin shows. Um, so I've seen Linus fight quite a few times, and yeah, um, this is going to be a, a great fight. Uh, second chance for John Harden Jr. Um, I hooked up with John Harden. Uh, around March, no, around, sorry, around, around April, sorry, around April this year, um, started training him. Um, he had a very good fight, very good performance, sorry, in March on a Dunstable show on the undercard of K Prosper, the uh, 
Bilal Raymond, I think. Yep, great fight. And uh, he performed really, really well. Uh, I think it was a second round stoppage, I think. And, um, you know, he's just gone from strength to strength still, since then. Uh, you know, this is the first time he's had a full training camp. Um, he said now he knows what it, what it is to have a full training camp. He never had that before. Um, I understand for the Cullen fight, he had maybe two or three weeks notice, had to lose a lot of weight. But again, the heart that he displayed, um, you know, when you perform like that, you get another chance. He's got one here, and uh, we're very confident about you know, um, winning that, that title on, on Sunday. Yes, we'll get used to saying Sunday. What do you think the keys are for John uh, on Sunday night? I think the key is to just be the boss every round. Um, you know, I always judge fights round by round. Um, you know, bank that round and move on to the next. And uh, that's what we're planning to do. Um, I know uh, Lions' strengths and weaknesses after seeing him so many times. And, um, you know, I, know, I, know, I now know my fighter. Um, so I, we, we know what we need to do. you just got to perform under those bright lights. It's the same for everybody when you get this sort of opportunity to fight for a title. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, win this and, uh, you know, sky's the limit. So, he's, he's, you know, he, both fighters need to turn up for it to be a great fight. And, uh, you know, we just need to perform under the bright lights and get that victory. I'll, of course, talk about your time with Dillian out in Portugal, but John's been out in Portugal as well. How's he found that environment? Yeah, um, I think it's been great for all the fighters uh, who trained uh, in that Povetkin um, training camp. Um, also had Yusuf Kamari out there, uh, John Harden Jr., Kay Prosper came out there. So um, it was a really good camp. You know, these guys, you know, they can feed off the energy. Dillian's got uh, a, a lot of experience, always boxed top-level competition. So he advises these guys, um, you know, he's very, very positive around them, gives his, his advice, you know, openly. And um, yeah, it was just great for everybody to be around each other in a, in a, in a good camp, you know, it, it, and it was a good camp. It was a very good camp. Now, I'm sure you spoke to Dillian multiple times uh, recently. How's his uh, frame of mind right now? Rematch. It's as simple as that. Uh, you know, as soon as that fight finished, rematch. Then we got back to the changing room. He said, that's good work, rematch. So um, that's exactly what we're looking forward to. I've already been out there. I've been out there for the last three weeks, I think, last three, four weeks. Um, obviously came back on Sunday um, to prepare for John Harden Jr.'s fight, and I'm flying back out Monday morning um, to finish up the camp for, for the rematch. So everyone's in good spirits. We know what we need to do. Uh, the first fight was a, great, was a great fight. The second fight will be even better. Of course, we know it looked like Dylan was going to end the fight. He was controlling it, etc. Say the knockout hadn't happened and Dylan had finished him off. Were there still things you were disappointed with Dylan before that knockout with uh, Povetkin? Yeah, uh, yeah, I just spoke to someone a second ago, actually, in an interview, and they um, asked me quite a similar question. Um, and they were they stating that, you know, Dylan was dominating the fight. Um, I, w I wouldn't use those words. I would say Dylan was winning the rounds, and he was doing a lot of good things in there. Um, and the most important thing is to win the rounds. But to say it, you're dominating means that, it, that the rounds are all one-sided. They were not. In control, perhaps? Better for us? I would say yes, he was in control. With, with, I mean, winning every round and being obviously up on the scorecard would credit the two knockdowns, you're in control. It doesn't mean that someone's not in there being competitive, which he was, and he was always a threat. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but even, yeah, as you said, even if it had ended the round after and didn't have won the fight, there's still things that I would like Dillian to do to, to improve on which we've been doing since I met him. Um, he is getting better at a lot of things. And as a fighter, you have to evolve. You have to get better. Um, no matter how well you perform, you can still do better. And, it's, and, and now we've got time to do things even better. So you know, I'm happy with the situation. Obviously, the first couple of days, I was devastated. 
didn't really want to speak to anybody to honest with you. Um, you know, we, we worked so hard to get there. We'd done everything right. Training camp was really good. And uh, the fight was going our way. And, you know, we, we were all really happy in the corner, you know, just keeping him focused, you know. Um, so going out for the fifth round, none of us, our team, thought we had a problem. We were in the same mindset as everybody else. You know, this fight will be over in maybe a round or two. Um, just keep doing exactly what we're doing. And um, the shot just came out of nowhere. And credit to Povetkin. Wasn't a lucky shot. He's um, he's put punches together well to end the fight. So I'd rather credit him. It's the saying that you know we were unlucky. Listen, it's heavyweight boxing. It does happen. We have to do better in the rematch, which we will. What do you say to people that believe Dylan's taking this too soon and the turnaround's too soon, considering how brutal the knockout was? I think everyone's entitled to their opinion, um, but the only thing that matters really is uh, Dillian's team. Team, and um, I'm very happy where, where Dillian is right now. Watching the fight back, Dillian took very few clean punches to the head. Um, he was defensively good. You know, it's quite it's quite good defensively. Could have been better, but he was good. Um, the only clean shot really he got hit with was the one that put him away. Um, so he didn't sustain any damage throughout the fight. Um, I always worry about guys that take a lot of punishment throughout a long, long fight and then get stopped. That always worries me. That wasn't the case here. Um, you know, as soon as Dillian went down, you know, he was, uh, he was talking to uh, Magic immediately. Um, you know, he said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Went straight to Eddie Hearn. You know, I need, the, I need that rematch. And, um, yeah, as a team, you know, you watch things carefully in camp. You know, make sure that, you know, mechanically, you know, everything is working well. And, and everything's good, so just looking forward to a good rematch. As you said, Dylan's uh, frame of mind was rematch straight away. I'm sure the, the, the case was similar with you. However, if he had taken a beating and uh, it had gone 12 rounds and it was a severe punishment, taking a lot of blows, would you have then advised him perhaps take a, a tune-up fight or would you have still said jump straight back in this rematch? I definitely wouldn't have been advising him to take a tune-up fight. Dylan's already up at this level now. You know, he's, uh, he was in a very good position to go after one of the big boys. Um, we need to get back there. Um, if that had been the case, maybe you take a little bit more, more time, maybe, maybe. But you have to assess it. Everyone's case is you know, it's, it's individual. Some guys need longer to recover than others. So it's impossible to say that's what you would do. You, know, you have to judge it you know, case by case. Yeah. Now, uh, this is not me saying it. This is a, a lot of fans saying, Dylan had him hurt, he had him down twice. Why didn't he just rush in, jump on him, finish him? As the trainer, um, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think, listen, I think it's fair for anyone to say that in hindsight. The fight's over now. Um, a lot of people have got a lot of opinions on what should, be, should have been done. Um, I can't blame anybody for, for suggesting that maybe you go in, maybe you've got the guy hurt enough and going for the kill. Um, they're not in my position. I've been around boxing a long, long time for years. Um, I can tell when a guy is genuinely hurt. Povetkin got up from those two knockdowns and he was still good. Um, you rush in against a guy like that and you can walk on something. Um, so, yes, maybe. Maybe you could have done that. It's not, was never in my mind to go and take that gamble. For me, a fighter has to look a certain way. That, that it, there has to be enough damage for me to jump in and say, listen, you know, go and finish the job. Povetkin never had that look of a fighter that was just about to go. So I wasn't going to suggest my fighter does that. You know, you do something like that and then, then people will say the opposite. They'll say, well, you know, you were controlling the fight where you were. Why did you go and rush in? Like I said, in hindsight, everyone's an expert. You know, my job is to, you know, get the victory the best way I know how. And we were in control. We were in control. It was a shock to me as it was to everybody 
<laughs> you know, at, you know, it, it, at, on that night, and um, it took a while to get over, but yeah, we're good now. Well, listen, Zav, best of luck with John uh, this Sunday night uh, against Linus Adolfia. And just a quick shout out to my sponsors, yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, the whole time of that in Portugal, these guys, they looked after me. You know, it was a long time to be out there. Um, first of all, Tiger Bay, which is my main sponsor. Um, secondly, um, uh, Ealing Boards and Timber. Uh, Bravos, which is my, gun, uh, my glove, uh, boxing glove company. Great. And uh, KMT, they always providing me with all my sports, um, all my um, apparel. So, yeah, thanks to everybody for supporting me and supporting Team Mikey. I need to get down to Tiger Barracks. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to, definitely. When I get back, well, I've been, I feel like I'm living in Portugal now, but when I do get back, then we'll get out there. Yeah, as I said, best of luck on Sunday night with John and then obviously in, in camp with Dinan in Portugal and that massive rematch. All right, cheers, Ab. Thank you. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global via Zoom. I'm joined by Hall of Fame promoter Frank Warren. Frank, huge news today. Dubois Joyce is on. We finally got it. Yeah, well, it's always been on. It was how we were going to do it. And uh, we're going to do it behind closed doors. Um, that's unfortunate for the gate and uh, live fans, but it is what it is. And uh, I don't see anything changing in the foreseeable future. So we spoke to both of the guys. They want to fight each other. And we've reached an accommodation between everybody and the fight will be on. How difficult was it to, to reach those terms? Well, it's not. Um, they wanted it. I mean, they both want it. They, they wanted to fight it. I mean, I'm, it's funny. Over the years, I've dealt with loads of boxers about, you know, uh, with fights and making fights. But these two guys genuinely want to fight each other. They, gen they genuinely both believe they've got the beating of each other. And that wasn't very hard. It was just obviously making some adjustments because we lost the live gate. But we're there and we're on with it. Can you give us a date on this, Frank, please? We're announcing the date next week. Um, it'll be one of, one of three dates uh, that'll take place late November or in December. And I'm guessing it's going to either be the uh, BT studio or your call, one of the two. Well, it'll be, it'll be whatever it is, it'll be in, the, in, you know, in some sort of form of studio because that's all we can go with in these days, this day and age. Yeah, uh, a cracking fight for me, um, Frank. I think a lot of boxing fans would agree. Just uh, break it down. Obviously, they're both your guys, but break it down. How do you think it goes? Well, look, you know, when uh, uh, Sam Jones and I had quite this, quite, um, we got quite um, opposite opinions who's going to win the fight. You know, I think that uh, youth will prevail. He feels that experience will prevail. One thing for sure, we're now going to find out when they get into the ring together. We will do, we will do. We can't wait for that one. Let me ask you about uh, another potential fight that uh, looks like it's going to be announced soon. Uh, we're waiting for it still. Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur. Where are we with that one, Frank? 
Well, we've virtually got the fight done, and uh, I'm hoping next week we will get it all um, all all signed up, and we can, we'll be announcing that as well. Um, we're not far off of getting that over the line. Okay, and the uh, same question in regards to the rematch with um, Denzel Bentley and Mark Efron. That's a done deal. Again, we'll announce the date next week, but that's a done deal, and that's a cracker. I mean, that fight is such a shame. I know we're, it's a shame, obviously, we're behind closed doors, but that deserved a live audience. It was such a brilliant fight, and I'm really looking forward to the rematch. So many people were, have got different opinions who won the fight. So many different people, and obviously the judges scored it a draw, and I thought it was very good. I think they'd have gone either way. But next time round, I'm sure one of them will be looking to make a statement and win the fight emphatically. Will that rematch uh, headline its own card? That we don't know yet. We're, we're working on all this stuff, but next week we, we, we will, absolutely next week, give confirmation to dates, venues for all these fights. I mean, it, it, whether it doesn't uh, or does it isn't, isn't the point, but I think that, that rematch is big enough now it could headline its own card. It's that big. I agree with you. I agree. Well, it would do, wouldn't it? Under normal circumstances, that's what we would be doing. But um, we will see where we are. But it's, it's more than capable of doing that. It was a fantastic fight. Now, Frank, I understand um, there's some updates or news regarding Tommy Fury as well. What can you tell me? Top, yeah, Tommy will be out. Um, he, he'll be fighting on one of these shows. I want to keep him busy now. You know, he's been out for a while for obvious reasons. He's obviously had a lot of commitments after... Um, his session in uh, Love Island, and now though he's he's, he's on me, Frank. Sorry, we lost you there for about thirty seconds. What were you saying about Tommy? Yeah, you froze up there. I could see you, but you all froze. Thank Go on, mate. Same review. So yeah, just maybe repeat uh, what I said, what you said about Tommy Fury, please. Try that again. Um, Tommy, as you know, um, obviously through his commitments from Love Island, he's not been as, in, as active as I'd certainly like him to be, but he will be. He'll be out on those sh- on one of those shows, or maybe two of those shows. We want to keep him busy. He wants to. He's made it very clear what his priority is, which is a boxing. He's got a long way to go. He's pretty much a novice, so we've got to give him a lot of experience. And I spoke to his dad, John, and between us, we're going to make sure that happens. Let's talk about uh, Tyson Fury. Now, I'm sure you would have listened to his rant on TalkSport yesterday where he said, if Wilder's messing about, let's just get this fight with Joshua on in the UK. Uh, have you spoke to him about this, Frank? Well, it's, of course I've done. I, spoke to, I speak to him nearly every day. Uh, he, he wasn't, I, I don't think he was complaining about Wilder not getting it on. It's the fact that we're struggling and the promoter, you know, promoter struggling to get it on because we lost the live gate, no live gate. You know, the event was the uh, highest grossing heavyweight gate to, that ever, ever in Vegas. So it's nearly $20 million. So it's a massive hole to make up. And obviously the guys want to get well paid uh, for such a, you know, a, a significant fight for this stage of their careers. Um, but at the moment, it's looking, it's, it's, it's tough. So we're in America, they've got the American... Uh, it's American football, or, or you know, some of the American sports are now back on. So that's clogging up the networks. And obviously the, the major problem is that we can't get a live gate. So we're trying hard to make it work. If we, if we can't, Tyson has made it very clear, as you heard uh, broadcast yesterday on Talks Radio, that he wants to fight. So our job is to deliver him a fight.
Okay. If not Wilder, though, because of this problems with the, with the NFL, etc., and the network's being clogged up, and it's not Joshua, what are we looking at then? Well, we haven't. I, I'll be honest, no one's even looked at that. We've not even contemplated that because all we've been doing is focusing on the rematch. But if that's the case, then we have to look and obviously work very quickly to come up with something. Okay, so you know uh, I'm in the bubble here. Of course, we found out yesterday that Eddie Earn had to go home because he tested positive for COVID-19. And we know um, he revealed that you had a meeting with him next week. So uh, what's going to happen now? Are you going to reschedule this? The things he'll do to get out of a meeting. Uh, uh, listen, we wish him well and I hope he recovers. And uh, when he recovers, I'm sure we'll get the meeting back on him. He sent a message yesterday saying that. So I wish him well. Anybody who gets caught with this terrible uh, illness, you know, you've got to hope they come through it. And uh, as I say, hope for him and his family that uh, he comes through it and we can get our meeting on and do all the things that we've been talking about doing. And it seems there's a, there's a mutual uh, understanding to make that happen. So get well soon and then we can meet up. Yeah, I echo that, Frank. Uh, best wishes go to him. So, but the, the positive news from that is that there was a meeting in place next week. Yes, there was. I mean, I've not mentioned it to anybody and uh, I've kept it very quiet because I just wanted it to happen. I didn't want anything to ruin it. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame it's not happening. But it will happen, in, obviously, uh, in a good two or three weeks' time because obviously he'll be locked down now for the next two weeks. Next, whenever you reschedule it, can you just slip me the address on WhatsApp and I just might film it from somewhere if that's all right? Uh, listen, I'll, what we do, we're booked somewhere where they've got a big plant pot with a nice big palm and you can get behind it. That's the one, that's the one. Uh, talking about Eddie, he, he, he went on his uh, Instagram today and was talking about a potential fight between Demetrius Andre and uh, Jamal Charlo. Uh, what do you think about that, considering Liam Williams, your guy's mandatory? They want to make this Andre-Charlo fight. Well, I can understand why he's saying that, but as you just said, Liam's the mandatory. That's the next fight. Liam's provided, providing Liam doesn't come get unstuck next week, come unstuck next week. That's the fight. You know, we uh, we've been pushing for it, and uh, in the meantime, you know, Liam's been out of action for a long time now, so he's going to have his fight, and uh, that's the next fight after that. He comes through his fight of his mandatory defence that the board, British Boxing Board, control board, and he comes through that. The next one will be. Andrade, nothing in between. Okay. We look forward to Liam Williams' fight next week. I'll see you there, Frank. Listen, thanks for your time. And also, thanks for getting this Dubois-Joyce fight on in difficult circumstances. Same, same with Eddie. He's doing Usyk Chisora again without a gate. And we know both Dubois-Joyce and Usyk Chisora would have produced a huge gate. So uh, well done to, to the pair of you for getting these fights on. As much as, much as we are... I've never met him as much as we are rivals and so forth. I think between us and everybody in boxing, Border Control, other promoters, we're really working hard between all of us to keep the sport relevant. And, we're, and I think, you know, everybody does a great job and that's all about the sport pulling together. And I hope some, some better things will come from it in the future. Definitely. All right, Frank Warren, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. We'll catch up soon, all right? That's it. Bye, Frank. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted today to be joined from Southampton via Zoom by a good friend of the channel, Al Siesta. How are you, mate? Very nice to hear, and I'm a good friend of the channel. It's very flustering. <laughs> I'm very well, bro. In Southampton, in the cafe, tea rooms called Metrics. I love it. I'm here every day drinking loads of green tea and working. I love the environment. It's a bit rainy outside, otherwise I love it. Nice little plug for the... Uh plug for the calf. Um, I'll try to jump straight into the Cold War stuff. I mean, the mint, the mint's revolution continues. I've just got off a Zoom call with uh, a senior Byfield and he is like a kid at Christmas, mate. I mean, there's a good few names in the next two. No, it's good, man. It's good. It's good. I see, I see he's not a stranger to Minsk scene anymore. <laughs> they love him there. <laughs> I mean, you've got the likes of Edward Trianovsky, um, Renault Garrido, the Lionheart song that the UK fans know well. Can you sort of see a growth in Cold Wars as we're going on? And I'm hoping for the Cold Wars to grow. That's the idea, really. I mean, improve with card to card, with event to event, and series to series. That's what it is. I mean, start slowly and then grow over five, six series into something very, very serious and significant. I mean, it, it's one thing me wanting that to grow, but the broadcasters and the sponsors, the bookmakers, and the general public and boxing fans need to really enjoy this series as much as I do. And if we all together grow together and develop together, then you never know, might become a regular big thing, you know? How would you say the first couple of shows have been received as well from the boxing public? I think it was very positive. I didn't have much time to advertise, considering that. It was brilliant. I mean, it was, it's kind of, it caught some sort of momentum. Uh, locals loved it. Russians loved it. The Brits who saw the programs loved it as well. Obviously, it could have improved in terms of production, and it will, because I had quite limited budget. I've got better budget now. So hopefully, uh, the Cold Wars 2 will make a big impact in terms of everything. Fights, matching, um, credibility, you know. Looking forward to it. And we were meant to speak before uh, the Cold War show at the beginning of the one at the beginning of August, I believe. And I was told you were busy, and it was like you were doing everything. Like it was just man. you working as a one-man band. <laughs> man, I was teleporting. I'm telling you, I was flying to stratosphere and back every 15 seconds. I'm telling you. Now I've got very strong team around me. I've got minimum eight people working at the moment, so I can focus on deals, uh, focus on promo and kind of on strategy of the company, you know, to grow the brand, to make some fights as far as March uh, 2021. So that's how we should be. And, you know, that's an evolution, really. So it's easy for me now. I'm much more calmer, much more calmer. I was like my medium pulse at that time was about 90. So now I just had a count as about 73, meaning that I'm more relaxed and more positive and more constructive. Because as you know, when you stressed, uh, the cortisol, which is a stress hormone, shrinks your corridor, you can't think straight 
it turns it that narrow so you can't comprehend and straight and think straight you know do you know that feeling so I know what now, feeling you mean, yeah. yeah now i'm much more creative and much more relaxed and hopefully that will positively backfire on cold wars too you know i think it's positive to hear like you talk about making fights potentially for next march as well but have you been mm. able to take from the first couple of shows that you and going forward that you can sort of pickpocket little talent from this as well you make these fights and then you see little gems so when boxing opens up more worldwide you can see these fighters and take them into siesta promotions and you can sort of do your stuff when boxing opens up a bit more 100 percent. that's a very good question because at the moment there's a circuit of about 50 fighters that be in audition as we talk sparring sessions cold wars uh like a feedbacks from people i trust and i'm trying to build a really good stable and when i've got that 25 30 fighters which i think gonna go a decent length then the test will begin and naturally will create cold wars league which i can audition them and try them out in britain france germany russia ukraine kazakhstan Uzbekistan, armenia you know and hopefully even the United States, you know? So let's see, let's see. I mean, let's learn to walk before we're running with Cold Wars. But it is, it is on the agenda. You're right. I just want to talk about, uh, you got the involvement of Dmitry Chudinov. Now, the other day, uh, Eddie Hearn was talking to Coogan about potential opponents with Billy Joe Saunders, and he mentioned Dmitry Chudinov. I just want to clear this up. Did he mean Fedor Chudinov? 100% uh, Eddie meant Fedor Chudinov. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, I mean, check this out. Chudinov's, uh, there's a freak situation, and i tell you why. Fedor is exactly a year younger than Dmitry, but so much exactly that they both born on 15th of September with a year difference. I reckon it's some sort of birth certificate mistake. But the worst thing, that I also was born on 15th of September. So we celebrate. Fedor, me and Dmitry, birthday in the same day. But I think Eddie definitely meant Trudinov, Fedor, because Fedor is a WBA golden champion. And I think he's a number one or number two contender at super middleweight. But Dmitry is also a big name. And Jermaine Brown having the opportunity. This is the miracle that Siesta Boxing can deliver in terms of profile fights for someone, some novices like Jermaine Brown. You know? There's nothing no. impossible in my company, trust me. Well, that's what Cold Wars is bringing us. I did just have to clear that up, because when he said Dimitri Chudinov at the time, I can imagine there are a few people thinking that he would have meant yeah. Fedor. Um, I want to talk about Billy Joe's opponents, actually, and your thoughts. I mean, we're at Smith Ryder, me and you, and then yeah. I spoke to you afterwards. Um, John Ryder's been one of the names chucked in in the mix with Billy Joe. Martin Murray and Rocky Fielding as well. It's been kept very UK-based, apart from um, Fedor Chudinov. What do you make of those names for Billy Joe? Fantastic names. Every single name is a credible opponent. I think John Ryder is a really, his game, he's quite aggressive, very violent fighter he is. So for Billy Joe Saunders, I mean, I don't know in comparison to David Lemieux, if he's got the levels, he, I don't think he's got that punching power, but he's definitely got that Jack Russell attitude hang on you and make you absolutely claustrophobic, John Ryder. So Billy Joe Saunders has to be fit and absolute game in order to handle him that the fight that's the fight i'd love to see obviously Callum smith would be a brilliant fight and because Callum comes to fight very pre-calculated i mean remind me mikey garcia 
uh, or in uh, 168 pounds, you know, very well tucked in, very economical, but still very aggressive. Great. Rocky Fielding is okay. Look, all those fights we just mentioned are very credible. And knowing the restrictions that we've got with COVID-19, I mean, any of those fights deserve attention. You know, they all fair fights. Talk about these restrictions and uh, the restrictions are one thing that didn't allow a crowd in for your man Luther Clay's fight with Chris Congo. I remember you spoke to Uma, I think it was the day after or two days after, and you sort of highlighted the fact that, you know, you did say fair play to Chris, you put praise on Chris's shoulders for the performance, but because you highlighted where it went wrong for Luther, you could, you could see like a clear path for him to come back and make waves in the division. Have you spoken to him since about where we go from here? Yeah, he's very, very positive. You see, good thing about Luther, he's such a... He's a natural warrior and man who's got a lot of self-critique and understanding of the game and just a human concept of learning. He is actually grateful to Chris Congo for that lesson. And genuinely, I mean, there's no resentment. He goes, mate, I need to try to fight rangy fighters to actually understand the architecture of how to kind of approach this length and the distance and i mean chris has a good timing i mean chris praised luther and he said guys please do not underestimate his physical presence and i think luther was a bit negligent both luther clay and chris congo learned a lot from this fight you know, a lot and they're going to go far and i do believe somewhere further down the line i'll make it credible for chris congo to have that rematch so not just take rematch against Luther Clay because there's nothing on the table apart from that but actually put Luther in a circumstance where fighting Luther Clay again will be beneficial for Chris Congo I'm hoping how will I create that I don't know yet but I will yeah well, that was actually going to be my next question is it about trying to get them two back in together but not just doing it sort of like you said for the sake of what's there um but if we're going to see Luther return let's say before the end of the year or early next year is it going to be something yeah. quite low-key or are we just going to chuck him back in with a big fight no, I mean, proper go against durable Russian man or maybe some serious 10-rounder, you know. There's no, I mean, look, there's a setback, but not, I mean, Luther knows where he went wrong. And us talking, oh, I lost confidence. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. That's, that's not for Russians. Sorry, for me. We, we, we don't, we, I mean, you need to go and perform. You go straight to the lion's den again, swimming in the deeper waters. And just like, that's what it is. You're a gladiator. Gladiator, you know? Imagine you're a gladiator in those times and you lost your fight. Will anybody ask you, oh, do you want it easy now? Nobody cares. You're going straight to war again, you know? So Luther knows it. Luther knows it, you know? That's the response that we wanted to hear. Um, did you sort I tell of do you more. I tell you more. Yeah, I apologize for interrupting. I tell you more. We, we, we have the medicals already with Anne. He's got great MRI. Uh, all the tests are fantastic. He's fully alert. There's no reason why we can't go into the proper fight. Not as high profile as Chris Congo, but someone top 150, no problem. Right, just picking this back up with Al Siesta because we had some bandwidth thieves on the uh, on the line. Um, yeah, White Pavitkin too. I remember post-fight you said that it was a fight you thought Dillian shouldn't have taken. Um, it's a fight he now has to take. Talk to me. Man, as I said... Um, it would be surprising if suddenly, after my prediction, I would change my mind and say, this time, Dillian is definitely winning. This time, 
Pavet can find him the resolution even more comfortable. I can tell you that now. This is my opinion. Let me tell you that. The hype machine that Eddie and Matchroom had about Dillian and worldwide hyping up of Dillian with all these wins slightly scared Pavetkin, I can tell you that. As much as a warrior he is, he wasn't sure what he has to deal with. As a boxing man, I'm personally, I knew what's going on. I knew he's still aging Olympic champion against a really good kickboxing guy from Brixton. I knew it in my heart. So I thought this something of Pavetkin will find a way, technically, intellectually, to equalize the situation and put the end to it. I mean, obviously, he had some sort of crisis, again, because there were moments of, of unconfidence and kind of not knowing what's going on. Now, as he experienced Dillian's level, Dillian's style and thinking and general understanding who Dillian White is, watch what's going to happen this time. Pavetkin came in as a hurricane. Arrogant, very strong, very calculated and composed. Dillian got massive, massive task in his hands to stay alive in that fight. Trust me. So it's not necessarily more comfortable from a perspective that it will stop Dillian White quicker, you believe? It's more of the fact that the rounds where he looked like he'd been shaken a little bit by Dillian, they won't happen. Correct, correct, correct. M maybe happen, but Dillian needs to be. Man, Dillian has to go banking. He has to go Russian roulette, all or nothing. That's what he has to do. I mean, if he thinks he's going to out-jab Padetkin, and our thinking ain't happening. Trust me. You know why? Everything he thinks he's going to do to prolong the fight and have a tactical solution to it, Pavetkin does better than Dillian. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So that's what it is. So, so you got a really good fighter technically and intellectually. And so telling Dillian, oh, deal, take it easy. This is your tactics. Jab, jab, ain't. No, 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 no. Dillian needs to find this aggressive style, bullish attitude, youth on his side, possibly physical presence, and find the way to combine those attributes, bully Pavetkin without getting, getting uh, hurt. Can he do that? I don't know. Doubt that. You know what? He can get counted by Pavetkin. Pavetkin also can go forward and do the damage. So I don't want to diminish Dylan and I don't want to say, oh, don't listen to Siesta's interview because you completely lose confidence. But it's a hard, hard, hard task. Whilst Russian, it's like Pavetkin, tasted blood once. Man, it's a predator. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt.